Just so we can do the intro. Coming to you over the Zoom airwaves, hungover as fuck. Good lord. <laughs> it's the Sons of Hunarchy podcast. I can't do these Saturdays anymore with your hosts. Hot, drunk Shy Sox fan. Sorry. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, you're just being conceited and hot take, Tommy. You, I did mention you look great in those White Sox pinstripes, but unfortunately, the other pinstripes are sitting across from you. We have a special guest with Yankee colors on the Adam Westendorf. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well, gentlemen. Coming off of a fresh uh, walk-off W because Glaber Torres is my father. Um, we will we'll, we'll get into the game a little bit more, but uh, you guys have had me on once before. We did a, an AL uh, playoff preview, I think, in 2019. Yeah, it was. Um, that was a great. <laughs> that one was so fucking fun to record because it was uh, forever ingrained in my head. Is Ryan being out? What are you going to say right now? Go ahead. Yep. Outfield defense. Because we were watching the Nats game as they like, or the Milwaukee and Nats, and Milwaukee fucking let it slip out of their hands. And, you know, the rest is history. Man, I can't even remember who the outfielder was, too, because he was in right field. He's, I think he's out of baseball. I'm going to be honest. I can't even remember uh, if the name. If someone said the name, I'd be like, yeah, that's him. But I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, yeah, we were literally recording. And you just hear Ryan screaming in the mic, outfield defense. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, this is a good, good point to jump back on because, obviously, you know, two potential World Series contenders in the AL with the Yankees and the White Sox. Uh, White Sox, best team in baseball right now. You're damn right. And, uh I mean, obviously, New York is still <laughs> New York's still trailing. I think after last night, I think they are either tied for second in the AL East or they're still third behind the Rays and the sock in the Red Sox. But um, they're starting to pick it up and they've been the best pitching team in baseball. And I have the numbers to back that up for you, Tommy. I know you I, love numbers. I know I, you love numbers. <laughs> I, well, I got knew you were going to. We'll get there. I got to ask really quick. What the fuck is up with the Yankees offense? As of recent, outside of Judge, well, they're they're second best hitters on the IL, and Giancarlo Stanton. He was he had the best two week stretch I've seen from him in a long time. Um, he was he carrying was the offense, and then so hot in Texas um, had a little quad issue, so they put him on the IL, which um, doesn't seem to be too serious. Which you never know with with Yankee injuries because. <laughs> Uh, Luis Severino two years ago was, oh, he just has a lat strain and he missed four months and didn't come back until September. So you never really know with the Yankees, but obviously all signs are pointing that he'll be back on Tuesday when he's eligible to come off. But LeMahieu's struggling a little bit. Um, I expect him to to obviously better, be better than 286, but which is weird to say that you think he's going to be better than 286. But um you know, DJ is one of the best, you know, uh, bat batball uh, hitters in the game. Judge is hitting 302. He's back to 2017. Judge, as of right now, um, still has 12 home runs. He's hitting the ball out of the park. He's hitting the ball hard. Second in uh, average exit velocity behind my boy, Giancarlo Stanton. So, you know, got to love that. Otherwise, other than that, though, Gio Urshela has been good, but the rest of it is just so, so bad. Well, I mean, I was going to say Gio Urshela had a hit last night, right? Uh, was he in? Yeah. Was I tripping? 
Yeah, yeah, he had a hit in the ninth. He uh, moved Judge a second after the after the piss rocket. He had back up the middle off Evan Marshall. Yeah, yeah. I speaking of which, to Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on Evan Marshall being out in the ninth. Yeah, that was uh, that's what you call mismanagement of the bullpen. I uh, I think that's the technical term. Um, <laughs> and the correct one. <laughs> he just. I'm not going to lie. I've liked what I've seen from Evan Marshall in the last two outings, but like that's pretty much been it for him. And like, sorry, I shouldn't even say the last two outings because this outing, he fucked up the ninth. So I, I I don't know. Here's what I have to say. I know they're playing this whole, if it's a tie, you try to bring Hendricks in to like win or say like keep the game intact in the 10th. But like, you're still in a, a, a situation where you can lose in the ninth. So why are Absolutely. you not bringing out Hendricks, right? Absolutely. That's the whole thing. Like modern closer role is so different than it was even, oh, let's see, nine years ago when he was a fucking manager. La- anyway, so he, what you should do with your closer is put him in in the most important part of the fucking game, right? The ninth inning tie ball game in Yankee Stadium, that's a really fucking important part of the game. You better put your guy out there that you know is going to get three outs. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Tony, Tony Tony, definitely fucked that up. But uh, <laughs> my my thing with it is you're paying Liam Hendricks. You just signed him to a big deal, like four years, 80 mil, something like that. You know, you're giving him three with 15, an option, actually. <clears throat> 15 to 20 mil a year or whatever. <laughs> look at, look. I mean, just look at the the differences. You're on the road, yep. and you know New York has a chance to bat in the ninth. Well, obviously, you got to use him in the ninth because well, you, he might not know where he is. That's the thing. TLR might have thought yeah, we were. He at probably home. was. He probably was uh, wine sipping in the dugout and didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> he was probably too busy thinking of the unwritten rules, honestly. But you know, um, oh man, that's annoying. But you know, l- just look at the difference. Aaron Boone goes to Chapman in the ninth, and yep. obviously pull the rabbit out of his ass because he got a triple play out of it. But, you know, Fucking stupid. Um, it's a tie game, though. It's not like Chapman's coming in for the save, but you have to use your best reliever in the biggest spots. That's why the modern closer, per se, is kind of going by the wayside because there aren't really many true closers left because they use their best relievers in the biggest high leverage spots now yeah. rather than, oh, we're just going to use them in the ninth. And, well, you know, Tony La Russa being the dinosaur that he is and hasn't managed for 10 years, doesn't really know that. So, so, but no, that's just honestly chalk it up to Tony La Russa for the loss last night. Honestly, um, you can, you can obviously point to the offense cause they didn't really do much either. And you can say the same to New York, if they would have lost, it would have been like, Oh yeah, the offense just didn't hit. So. Yeah, right. I need, have a hard time. Go ahead, Tom. You're just going to need more than one fucking run to beat the. It's exactly what I was going to say. You can't win a ball game scoring one run through nine innings. That's for damn sure. Um, not in today's baseball. <laughs> no. Um, in addition, though, I, I do have to say, like Hendricks has always said, and he's touted himself, too, as that guy who wants to go out there and get more than three yeah. outs. Yeah. So I just don't understand why LaRusso is so hesitant to use him in tie ball games. Now, I got to ask you, Adam, as an outsider, looking at this whole situation that boiled over at the beginning of the week when we were in Minnesota. What are your thoughts on Tony LaRussa, the clubhouse culture of this ball club, the White Sox, and and moving forward? 
I know T.A. came out yesterday and said that, you know, he's the dad and, you know, we're the bad kids and blah, 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 whatever. And like they tried to smooth it over. I wouldn't have been surprised if it would have gone the total opposite way and T.A. would have been like, yo, fire this dude. We don't want to play for him anymore, blah, 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 because there's no way as a manager of your team, you can sit there and look at them and be like, oh, yeah, I don't have a problem with what the Twins did throwing at my your best offensive player as of right now and your mean Mercedes, like God, where, where do you think that that is anywhere near? Okay. Tony, where me. do you get off? Exactly. Where do you get off thinking that that's okay? I just, I don't understand. And I get it. Like, yeah, as we said earlier, he's been out of the game for 10 years and like literally just 10 years ago, honestly, the game was so different. There wasn't, bat flips and fun and like all that no no no. the unwritten rules were policed like they were real guess what tony it's over and it's done with the face of the mlb is still mike trout but they're trying to push it to tatis and guess what he is electric he's fun he doesn't care about your unwritten rules and that's why i don't have a problem with your mean mercedes either at the end of the day your mean mercedes is what like He's already what 26, 27 years old. He's an older guy. Yep, 28. Um, he's already battling for arbitration. He has to get paid. Well, guess what? As soon as they go to ARB, they're gonna look at his numbers. Is is the two points on the OBP better than the one home run he hit? I mean, I'm gonna point to the home run and be like, Hey, you know, I had 25 plus home runs this year, 30 plus home runs this year. I deserve more money rather than oh yeah, I took a walk in that spot. Tony LaRussa is a dinosaur. When, when, when Jerry went out and hired him, I was like, that's a mistake because you have one of the youngest, most electric teams in the game where Tony can't connect with them. And you know what? Uh, credit to TA for really like trying to smooth things over. I'll give him a bunch of credit. Honestly, put the C on his chest for something like that. That's a definitely a, a big boy standpoint. You, right there. you could do that if Jose uh -oh. Abreu wasn't on the team and it'll, when Jose Abreu is no longer on the team, here comes the Jose when, Abreu gag session from hot take yeah, Tommy. You know what? Like, I don't, I don't know why you, here's the thing. Here's what I'm fucking pissed about still is that I don't know if this is true about all of white Sox people. But so many White Sox fans are too busy saying that Paul Canerco is the best first baseman in the last like, no, no, no. I know. I know Frank Thomas. And I'm saying in the last decade plus, like in since the Frank Thomas era, like they say they still are out here sucking him off because he was he had one three hour period on the Hall of Fame ballot. And we literally have Jose Abreu. Right in front of us, with He's right, I you think know, it, I he 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 fucking okay. He has an MVP to his name, obviously, in a sixty-game series season. Whatever we can talk about that all you want, but when it comes down to it, he has like I think three thousand or maybe four thousand less play uh, at bats than Paul Canerco had in his career, and already has only three less WAR than Paul Canerco did over his whole fucking career. I'm just, I'm sick. Of, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I'm going to get flack for this being like, oh, he hit a grand slam in the, in the world series. It's like, I just give Paul uh, fucking Jose Abreu a chance to get out there and then we'll put the goddamn C all over his damn name. 
So anyway, um, I, sorry to so go that's, back to it. We no, can't put that's the fair, Tommy. Tim Anderson's chest because it's already on somebody else's chest. No, that's that's fair. I'm just, and I'm not saying that you should put the C on Tim Anderson's chest. I'm just saying he stood up in front of the media and like that's that's big boy shit right there. Like honestly, yeah. um, that's the but, only reason why no, the reason Ray doesn't get enough love is because he's not in front of the media all the time. Well, and also, I mean, I I hate to do the whole thing, but is he comfortable speaking in front of the media? That's He's another not. thing too. Like, like Gary Sanchez is one where there was a news or there was a beat reporter in New York. I think it was Brandon Cuddy. I'm not 100% sure. So don't, don't uh, quote me on that, but he asked why Gary Sanchez needs the interpreter still during his interviews. And it's like, well, because Gary's not comfortable, you know, there's a language barrier, deal with it, move on. But my thing with Tim Anderson is like, he has, grown up basically and in front of our eyes because like obviously he came up and, and all that but he's just gotten better and better every year and he's just taken on more of a, a leadership role and you can see that and it's a good thing that he's kind of the face of you know the White Sox in the media because you know as as I just said Jose Abreu might not be comfortable doing that um, and also the reason that people in White Sox land want to love Paul Konerko is because he was the light in the dark tunnel that was the Chicago White Sox for a long time. It's kind of the reason why I still hold my my love for Gary Sanchez because when we had the A-Rod years and, like, when they finally blew it up, they traded Andrew Miller away, Chapman, all them, you know, and they did the full rebuild, right? Gary Sanchez was the light, and it was like, okay, this is it. Now, the Yankees didn't have no, you know, five, six, seven-year rebuild. It was literally Gary came up. And they were good again the next year. But, like, Gary Sanchez was the guy that you were like, hey, we're going to build around this guy. That's what they did with Paul Konerko, and that's why they still love him so much. It's a good point. It's the same fucking story with Jose Abreu, though. He was there in 20... Oh, for sure. He's He's been through the shitty years, for sure. Um, he's so been there... Almost, you know he's getting a statue, Tom. I, Tom, yeah, you know he's getting, he's getting a statue. We've yeah, talked know, about this. I know, but it's like, I'm just... It's... It's Thomas first, Canerco second, Abreu third. And it absolutely should be Thomas first, Jose Abreu second, and Canerco yeah. third. I mean, in regard to statistics, by the time Abreu's career is done, as long as he keeps it up, you're right. And speaking of which, he made an amazing defensive play last night. Yeah, because he's really good game. at defense now. Uh, he's actually a good defensive first baseman when you look at the advanced statistics. It's he's wild. He's a standout defensive Ever since first last baseman. year. Um now, speaking of standout players, Adam, you brought up an interesting fact about one said player who I love to say he is a bust, though. <laughs> Adam, thoughts on um, the person who is currently leading war in the series? Like when you look at total war, offense and defense combined, you know, all around war outside of pitchers, position players. Who is leading war in the series right now? That would be uh, one Yoan Moncada at a 1.8 while Aaron Judge is sitting at a 1.6. So obviously it's 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 hard to say because it is still it still is early. You know, it still is early. We're what they they said it on the broadcast last night. Sadly, living in Illinois, I had to listen to the White Sox broadcast last night. They're honestly painful. Um Whoa, 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 TV or radio? TV, TV. 
what? Here's the thing. Benetti, I like. Stone is like Tony LaRusso. He's a little out of touch for me. Well, all I ever had to hear during the broadcast last night was, oh, right field's real short. Oh, that one almost went out, and he hit it off the end of the bat. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, the only reason they have a run is because of the short port. Blah, blah. Okay, we get it. Guess what? Who cares? Play in the ballpark. Deal with it. It, well, it is what it is. I, I hear you, especially as a Yankees fan watching the broadcast. I can get why that's that's way old. But, you know, there's not like White Sox fans only see that ballpark once, twice a year. And so they'll they'll need to hear it for the first game of the series It's the first time we've been there since 2019. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. I, I'm just I, I hear you. But also, don't touch my guys. I fucking love those two on in the booth. It, I, I know Stone doesn't deserve point. my love, but I do love him. No, it's just a dead point at this point. Like, they were talking about how old Yankee Stadium was 296 down the right field line. When? In the 60s? Like, <laughs> deal with it. Move on. Like, it was in the 60s. Old Yankee Stadium, the one that they tore down before they built it, had been 314 since, like, the 80s down the line. I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's 314 down the line. It's short. And and even into right center, it's shorter. But guess what? It's still 408 out to center. It's 399 to left center. Like, deal with it. It's a ballpark. Move on. And if we're going to pick on any ballpark, we should pick on Boston because it's, like, 280 down the line and right. And it's 275 to left. I'm not hearing the the ballpark hate and all that, blah, blah, blah. I get it's a talking point. But anyway, listening to the broadcast last night, they brought up an interesting point about um, Carlos Rodon. And, you know, actually, I'll segue us into our first point of Carlos Rodon. Tommy, I've been on your jock about Carlos Rodon, (laughs) about Carlos Rodon the entire time of him not being good and And I told Steve last night that having a clean bill of health definitely helps, right? But they brought up an interesting point that who's the pitching coach? Katz? Ethan Katz. Aaron Cancer, yeah. (laughs) They they brought up an interesting point, and I was watching. I went back and looked at, uh, you know, I I do my tape study obviously, before I come on podcasts. I was looking at his start. We don't. The game game I just brought up to you earlier, Steve, when I got here was in 2017, I was at the debut of Miguel Andujar and Carlos Rodon was pitching. He threw 78 pitches in three innings and looked god-awful. He couldn't find the the zone. I I went and looked back. Long arm, didn't use his legs, was real slow to the plate. Ethan Katz threw all of that away and said, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to make it short, tight, compact, and you're going to use your legs. Obviously, yes, the, the bill of health is the big thing. But, man, just all the, the video analytics and the tape and all that that they can now look at in these, these bullpen sessions are huge for him. And the stuff has always been there. That's why he was the number two overall pick, you know, back in – what 16 15 whenever it was now at this point so the stuff has always been there it's always been a control issue and it's because he was so long and that's why he had arm trouble is because his arm was dragging behind him and the big thing with him now is he's just getting and using his legs and getting out in front and his arm is in intact with his delivery which is huge that slider is devastating it's the second most unhittable pitch in all of baseball right now behind Shohei Otani split finger. It, it has like a 0.030 average against it's insane. He's given up one hit on that slider 
and you could see which was, was a fucking was, almost you could have called it an error because it was at Yoan Mankata. It was in his glove for a second. Anyway, sorry, continue. Um, but you could see that the Yankee the Yankee hitters weren't weren't picking it up. And the big the big thing is the tunneling. Like he's throwing his fastball, and his fastball and his slider look so similar that when he's throwing 98 at the top of the zone, you think it's that. And that's why you get the swords at the, you know, 88 mile an hour slider at the back foot. So, you know, that's a big thing for him. And I'll say this, I I'll give you your credit, Tommy, you were on the train and you believed I'll give you your credit. My thing, my thing with it is I'm a little worried going forward with him because of a workload. You know, we haven't seen a lot of innings piled up, because of injury history. So I'll be more interested to see what he's doing in, you know, June, July, August. But if he's going to, if he's going to hold this and continue to be like this, you got yourself two top of the flight rotation guys in Giolito and uh, Rodon. Um, or you could say he's super well rested compared to a lot of other arms his age. So Okay, now, <laughs> uh, sure, we'll, we'll, get, we'll say that. Um, I mean, hey, it, it really could break either way. To, that's, to, that's way to go back to, to Adam's point, third overall pick in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Third overall pick in 2014. Was and NC State? I, can we, NC State, you are correct. So if, Tommy, I do have to bring it up, if, if all of this pitching pans out the way we're hoping it will for the rest of the season, can we get, can we get Cats Fixed him t-shirts? <laughs> yes yeah and yeah. it's not gonna be him it'll be just m like uh, you know apostrophe em like all of them cats yep. fixed him mm-hmm. including giolito well i gotta ask your thoughts on that because his numbers Ooh, I, I mean I, tommy well, we talked you... about this last podcast so yeah. we'll, we'll ask adam real quick what are your thoughts on on geo and and what's going on with him so far this year it's the boomer alert of Tony LaRusa. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't continue to trot him out there and throw 115 pitches. This isn't the 2000s anymore. It's not the 1990s anymore. It's not the 80s. Like, and not to mention, you have one of the best bullpens in the entire league. Use them. You well, no, no, no. We want to use them right, though, because, you know, Evan Marshall. Well, yeah, <laughs> of, course, of course you want to use them right. But my thing, my thing with it is, I thought that there was a chance Rodon would trot back out there at 95 pitches through the six. Then I was like, that's going to be a mistake because I mean, you look at it, unless you're Jacob deGrom or Garrett Cole or Shane Bieber, you don't need to be thrown over a hundred pitches. Like just, just draw the line there and, and call it a day. I'm not worried about Giolito. I'm more worried about usage from Tony LaRusso with Giolito because LaRusso looks at him as like the number one. He looks at him as Adam Wainwright and Chris Carpenter and, you know, all those guys that he had in St. Louis. And it's just like, don't do that. You'll ruin him as quick as, you know, he'll be burnt out by the end of July. And it's like, you want to make a stretch run. This man isn't a 250 innings eater, dude. Like, deal with it. Have him throw 180 to 200 and call it a day in the regular season. Yeah. You, you, so something, two quick things. Did you hear what he, he said about um, his work with cats and how he feels like he's turned a corner? Who wrote on or uh, geo geo. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's his dude. Cats yeah. is his dude. Harvard Westlake, baby. He talked about how he like hadn't been using the curveball in his work at all. 
but to get the field back for the slider, he reintroduced the curveball into his bullpen sessions, and he feels like that changed everything. And that was all Cat's idea. Um, did I say Kat? I meant Kravitz? I think that's the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's um, it. This yeah, is a so, hot take, Tommy Special, to mispronounce the name. <laughs> um, but any anyhow, so the the second thing I wanted to say though was um. Yeah, I forgot it, but um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> On that note, I think uh, I think we should maybe take a quick break since uh, you need yeah, to recover yeah. your thoughts there, Tom. Uh, I need to go get my green tea. <laughs> your green tea, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, dude, I like, I upchucked like pretty hardcore last night, so I don't want to do too acidic shit um in the morning here. So yeah, I, well, I was gonna say if you're on your green tea grind, you might be earning a a hipster point. Okay. On 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 oh, our, okay. our alley. <laughs> I I had too many fucking Garcia's Marcia, uh margaritas last night. Oh, That's Garcia's, like, yeah. good old uh, Lincoln Square special. All right, yeah. so as Tommy upchucks and uh, gets some green tea <laughs> back in his belly, uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Let me speaking of recaps. Let me uh, let me talk about this real quick from last night. Um, right. I was hanging out with uh, one surprise guest actually on the Sons of Honarchy podcast. One episode we had, um, not our best episode. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, <laughs> when we had Justice on, Adams over here shaking his head like you literally let the guy who could barely play first base in high school um onto your podcast um <laughs> shout out to justice good guy good guy <laughs> now that you've just trashed him but Steve. i drink people will not want to come onto our podcast if we keep fucking trashing people who have been on here <laughs> lucky i didn't have the mic to talk about him oh geez. oh it's getting hot it's getting hot well anyway what were the you high saying? school connections run deep um I, I got to say this. I got to say this really quick, though. I drank a lot last night, and it didn't help that my favorite brewery in Rockford, Illinois, is closing its doors what? at the end of May. Carlisle Brewing. Did I ever take you to Carlisle, Tom? Yeah, yeah. We, w- we went to – we hit the two on the river. Um, it was Carlisle and – Prairie Street. Yeah, yep. yeah, there it is. Yeah. So yep. I hit them both. I'm glad um, you got to experience it. But they are closing their doors at the end of the month. Yeah, what the fuck's up with that? It's sad, man. Pandemic they, hit them hard. Well, here's the thing. You get through the pandemic, and then you're like, it's about to open back up. And you're like, ah, nah, it's about time. And like, throw it in. Like, what? <laughs> They're probably closing because everyone goes to Prairie Street. And that's the that's the hot spot in the hipster place to go. So it's that's more likely why it's dumb. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Prairie Street taking the words perfectly out of my mouth today. Yeah. Well, Prairie Street is the cute one, so yeah, it's like the aesthetically. Is that the word? Aesthetically, aesthetically. pleasing one. Yeah, um, statistically and so aesthetically. Statistically speaking. Um, <laughs> but speaking of statistics and and frustrations, I got a bone to pick. Ooh, I got a bone to pick. Let me hop right into this. Mm. Tony fucking Larusa, bro. Mm. Adam already touched on this and his out of touch boomerness. But good Lord <laughs> Almighty, man. You want, I'll say this. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it sweet. It was one thing when he bitched out your mean for swinging 3 0 
for ignoring calls, right? To not swing three up. Okay, whatever. It, to, I think Larusa, if he's going to get a little bit upset about that, about the blowing of the call, I know that's his old school mindset, right? We all know Tony has an old school mindset. So I'm not surprised by it. I can live with that if he's going to be like, oh, we were up 11. You're mean, probably shouldn't have swung 3-0, but whatever. This is where I'm pissed off at Tony LaRusa. The next game, your guy gets thrown at. Your best offensive player. You touched on this already a little bit. If he's getting thrown at, you go to your guy's defense. You don't say, oh, well, we don't really know if, if that sinker that slipped out of his hand was actually directed at you know exactly what was happening in that moment. MLB knew too. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to play. I don't know. Nice guy, politician, old school baseball. I don't want this situation to happen again. No, you stand to your guy's defense period. End of discussion. That's your dude. You're the guy who has been absolutely raking at the plate so far. So I'll keep it at that. I support your mean. I support our guys. I'm glad our guys are banding together. I will at least say that. At least the guys are coming together in the locker room, coming behind your mean. And Tim, you know, really patching it together. I think that was, that's really all he did is he really patched it together. So kudos to Tim for that. I really need a Tim Anderson jersey. I'm not even going to cap. It, it's, a, it's a fresh look. And to continue the bone, like, I'm not going to say it's because he's a boomer. I Honestly, I think he's greatest generation. Like, he's old as fuck, guys. I, I'm, I'm saving face to the boomer listeners, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, my problem is, look at the, the day after the Twin Series ended. There were two blowouts in baseball. The Rays blew out the Orioles only nine runs, but it was it was clear by the seventh. This game was over and they still poured on three more runs. And the Giants won 19 to four over the Reds and the Giants scored a run in the ninth inning, even though it was 18 to four at the time. And nobody said a goddamn motherfucking thing because when you're playing baseball, you play, you, you get hits all the way through till the end of the fucking game. And that's it. That is, there's, that's it. Nobody said shit because nobody else's manager is a dipshit. Just us, just us. That that's where, Oh, and by the way, you missed one. Just last night, the Braves poured in 20 against the Pirates. It was 20 to 1. So, you know, um, the Atlanta Falcons were really showing up the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers last night, I guess. But, you know, um, and also Minnesota last night as well, won 10 to nothing. You know, their blowouts in baseball happen. But guess what? Um, I think it was either three or four years ago now. Houston was down 13 runs going into the eighth inning and came back and won that game. Get the outs. I don't, I don't care. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to lose by 15, 20, you know, 10, whatever it is, get the outs. I don't care that a position players in pitching. I don't care about anything about that. 
You want to bitch and complain about, oh, well, that's not the way the game's played. Too bad. Blowouts have happened, and teams have come back from, you know, 13 down. Like, you got this isn't football or basketball where we can run the clock out. This game literally could last seven hours if it wanted to because you have to get the outs. That's just how it happens, and that's how it goes. So deal with it and move on. Plus, Williams Estudio on the mound throwing 47 miles an hour, right? That That's that's disrespectful in and of itself, yeah, right? That is absolutely... That, in my that's opinion, un- that's more disrespectful to the fucking game than, <laughs> than swinging on a 3-0 count, right? Yeah. You, that, you leave La Tortuga alone. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> no problems guy. with La Tortuga. I, I got a problem with... <laughs> him, Williams Ostadio, and Alejandro Kirk are my spirit animals because they're like 5'8 and like 225 pounds plus. They're great. 225 might be gracious, like in, on the low end. Um, in addition to that, have you guys ever seen that walk-off that he had in what, whatever league he was playing? I, was it KBO? Was it China? Was it Williams Estudio was playing overseas? Wasn't it, wasn't it in the Dominican Winter League, I think? Maybe that was it. But have you seen his walk-off where literally he pimped the fuck out of a ball? Like he absolutely crushed it to left went down to one knee, stared it down, and then was, like, doing, like, a victory lap around the bases. Like, he was just, like, hyping up the crowd, jumping up and down. Like, he might as well have been doing fucking cartwheels out there. Well, so that, he, that's something I, I can tell you right now. He was not offended by a 3-0 swing on his 47-mile-an-hour wannabe EFIS. Yeah, and so that's, that's two really important things that just came up is, like, look, it's more insulting to the White Sox that you're going to put this motherfucker on the mound and be like, yeah, 47-mile-an-hour fastball. Like, that's insulting. And then the other thing is it's not like he was fucking pimping the, the hit, the home run. He just, he just circled the bases, went back to the dugout. No, nothing needed to be said. It was just like, if you're going to throw 47-mile-an-hour meatballs, I'm going to take them deep. And then that's, that's, that's it. That's the end of it. But only because, simply because we have Tony Rusa, here we are still fucking talking about it. And yes, I know it's been beaten to goddamn death, but we hadn't had a chance to talk about it on the mic, so we had to. You know we had to when it was about our least favorite manager in the game. And... We're always going to this is the thing that's important is this fan base is always going to stand up for their players. Does, we don't need the manager to do that, I guess. Like, that's the only lesson that we learned. We don't need this manager to back up our guys because we got it. We got it down. We're fine. Anyway, are, are we on the bring back Ricky train? Or no, no I, not him. <laughs> um, I, I did love I did love Ricky, but he served a purpose and um. If he had gotten it done in the playoffs last year, then that would have been a different story, but he didn't. So you mean he served the purpose just like he did on the other town on the other side of Chicago? Mm -hmm. He did the rebuild, and then they were like, Oh, okay, you can go now. We don't we don't need you. Yeah, it's exactly what I was gonna say. This man was the stepping stone for both organizations. And I love it. He 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 got done dirty twice in Chicago. I don't think he (laughs) not his town, man. Not his town. Oh, um, man, I did. But I, I mean, I did love him while he was here. Like, I, I can't lie about that. He, he was a fun. He was a fun guy to rally around just because he was fun. But that's about yeah, it. Ricky's boys don't quit. Quote exactly. Unquote. It's just like, Ugh. you know. All right. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I think Adam brings up a good point in, in regards to teams making their way from the bottom up. Uh, the Cubs doing it 
after Ricky Renteria left and during that time and the White Sox obviously cutting ties with Renteria. But right now, as brought up before, you've got two of the best teams in the AL squaring up against each other. The White Sox obviously lost last night. We talked about that a little bit already. Um, we've got, you know, no offense really from either side. Um, and yeah, rabbit out of the hat. Uh, luck of the draw with uh, Aroldis Chapman getting a fucking triple play um, in the ninth inning last night. But moving forward. I don't like Aroldis Chapman, by the way. I, as a person, no. You want Adam, I got to ask you this really quick. What are your thoughts on Aroldis Chapman? Shitty human, great pitcher. I mean, it's plain and simple, honestly. Like, the sad part is, is I know a lot of people are going to say, like, oh, they shouldn't have another chance. You can have that opinion. But guess what? The reality is, is he throws 102. So he's going to get another chance regardless of where he's at. It just, it, it doesn't matter. It's going to be the same with Roberto Osuna when he's finally yep. healthy. He was also, you know, hit with a domestic, uh, a domestic case as well. But if you are a great player, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt regardless. I'll go to a different sport. If Tom Brady were to come out and have a domestic case against him, the NFL would, you know, do their do their due diligence, investigate it, get the suspension, all that. But guess what? At the end of the day, it's Tom Brady. He's going to get another job. If I know another one is the the Seahawks case. I can't even think of the, the offensive lineman's name right now. But guess what? The NFL didn't care about him. The Seahawks cut him literally the day of all that happening. And you know why that is? Because he's bad. He wasn't going to play. So you know, you ask my opinion on a role as Chapman. He's he's a shitty person, obviously. You know, there's there's no there's no defending it. But at the end of the day, he throws 102, so you knew he was going to get a job somewhere. Would you ever buy an a role as Chapman jersey? Absolutely not. There we go. It's like when I had that D Rose jersey. I had yeah. a D Rose jersey, and w- was I the one who brought this up to you, Tom? Did you not know about the D Rose case? Until I brought uh, it up or no, I, I didn't know. I I was never like fully sold out on D, D Rose. Um, I, I like liked him a lot, obviously. And then, you know, um, you know, the cheating in, in college came out, which is like whatever academic academic dishonesty. It's not like I'm a teacher, you know, like I don't give a shit. <laughs> right, Steve? Uh, oh, wait, <laughs> um, uh, no, the I, amount I, of plagiarism I see on the daily, by the way, especially from because all these kids are working online. And like, like using their computers media. constantly to get their work done. It's it's unreal. But continue. No, uh, like so that came out and it was like, yeah, you know, Derek, you might not have the best character. But then it 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 wasn't the fact that he had a domestic or like a, a rape allegation. It was the way that he handled it was so not good. It's yep, like, go ahead, Adam, drop the infamous line. We men. Yeah, that's he said this Lock on record him. in a court like, all right, like uh, everybody who stands yep. for, you know, Derek Rose and, you know, from Chicago, people love him because he's from Chicago and he played in Chicago, got an MVP in Chicago, took us to the to like deep in the playoffs. But like, ugh, dude, just pick a better human to get to put your stock behind. Like, that's it. And I, I 
I don't like watching Aroldis Chapman pitch because I don't think he should have a job. That's where I disagree is like, I think we're at a time in society where like, look, there's enough really fucking talented pitchers in the world where we could be a society without Aroldis Chapman pitching for the Yankees. We could be a society where he's not pitching in the bigs and it would be up to MLB to say, all right, no, if you have these allegations against you, if you have confirmed domestic abuse issues, get the fuck out of the league, go play somewhere else. You can like, there are plenty of professional leagues in the world. Go play in the international league. Have a good time. Go play KBO Japan, make a, make a million bucks over there, but not in our league. And that's, it's an easy stance to take. Just got to do it. I don't think we're disagreeing, Tommy, for one. I I want to make that very clear. I know. I, I, I just, I think that it's just the sad reality of, he's a special athlete and he's going to get a job regardless. That's just yeah. the sad reality of this, the entire situation. I don't want to talk about this anymore because that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, leading, that's leading down a very, very, very dark rabbit hole. Let's talk about the game from yesterday. Ooh, yeah. um, I know Rodon had a career night uh, with 13 K's. So did Jordan Montgomery, who I thought, yeah, who the hell is that guy? I want to chill. What? Sorry, I got that's it. my I'm guy. Really that's my guy. You leave, you leave Jordan Montgomery that? alone because every time you making me look bad right now, because every time we talk about the Yankees, Steve and I, I always say, but their pitching is suspect. And now I look Best like an idiot. Like, fuck you at like, what sure. is this? Um, so over the last starters, starters, because obviously Nick Madrigal had the I don't even know what that was to <laughs> drive in a run yesterday. In the words of Hawk Harrelson, that's a duck snort. Yeah, that was annoying. I'm going to I'm going to flip my bat on a pitch on the outside corner, stick my ass out to third and it's going to fall. But either way, um, from the starters, the Yankees haven't given up a run in 23 straight innings. Um, And that was at 28, I think, up until last night before Madrigal drove in that one run. Now, obviously, the, the no hitter from earlier in the week definitely helps that cause. But uh, who was that old ass man again? What who did who did that? Oh, the one that Steve told me was going to be DFA'd by June, who's been <laughs> really, really, really good. Why would they sign him for eleven million dollars? Because well, that's the going rate for a two-time Cy Young Award winner. But um, no, the Yankees have the the best pitching in baseball, and my numbers can back that up. If you if you like me to bring them up, Tommy, you know my numbers can back that up if you like. Um, but you know, I know, I know, you just absolutely love analytics. I, I gotta say this really quick. I'm just done analyzing. I'm done analyzing pitchers. Every time I try to analyze a pitcher, I'm wrong. I swear to God, every time I'm wrong. I'm like, this guy's gonna be trash. This guy's gonna be good. I was like, Reynaldo Lopez is gonna be the best part of the Adam Eaton trade in 2016. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> uh, who else? Lucas Giolito is not gonna pan out to be much. Wrong, wrong. Oh, I said this yeah, after he, said, after he, he had his this. blow up yeah, after yeah, yeah. he had his awful year where he was the worst pitcher in baseball. I didn't think he could be fixed. You think you know, Carlos Rodon is booty? Corey Kluber, absolute garbage. Like he's gonna get DFA'd by June. Wrong, wrong. Like I'm done analyzing pitchers. Position players, I got him. Pitchers, I'm done. Done. Do you think Garrett Cole isn't good? Please <laughs> talk bad about Garrett Cole because I want him to win the Cy Young. You know, I'm gonna talk good about him just so that he pitches like shit today. <laughs> he had his blow up start in, in Texas, so he won't have another one today. Well, I won't say he won't have another one today. The White Sox are definitely good enough offensively to 
we're doomed I don't too. Think, I don't think they'll blow him up, but you know, if they if they you know connect on some fastballs, they can hit some home runs, stuff like that. That's what Texas did. I mean, Texas. There's a short porch over there in uh, right field. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, New York's pitching um, total. Their their bullpen's the best in baseball. Um, that is that is one thing that can be stated for sure. And I know we just said something about a Rodos Chapman, but he's breaking analytics with how good he's actually been pitching this year. He has a negative FIP, which um, is what? good. Um, I, I, yeah, exactly. FIP, Tommy, for, for you just to know, is everything that a pitcher can control. So home runs, strikeouts, walks. So the most important well, part of the game. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, basically. Home run, dingers home are run the best, strikeouts, every- walks <laughs> is, is for FIP. And he's not giving up runs, so he's not giving up home runs. He's not walking anybody, and he's striking out. I, I think his K per nine right now is like 21.86, which is ridiculous. Um, but it's not even just him. Jonathan Lewisaga has been absolutely uh, dominant. Oh, oh, um, do I, <laughs> I got to ask. Is that how you pronounce it? So it's Lewisaga? Loisaga, Jonathan Loisaga, is is how that is pronounced. Every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, it's lasagna. Yeah, Johnny Johnny lasagna. Johnny lasagna. Um, he was a guy that they wanted to start, but then they were like, you throw two pitches, and now he's throwing 99 with sinker movement that's almost impossible to hit, and he's got a devastating changeup. You have him. Uh, Darren O'Day is in the fold. He's on the IL right now, but he's just another one of those crafty veterans that, you know, throws goofy. He's not going to overpower you, but because he throws goofy, it, yeah, it, isn't he it like works. 60? He's, he's been in the league for a while. And, and on yeah. top of that, he's like, he's kind of like the Pat Neshek. Is that, that, that's his name, right? Pat Neshek of, uh, of today's game. Well, the, I mean, they came up together. Darren O'Day is like 38 and Pat Neshek's like 42. <laughs> So they, they were together, but you got that. And then Chad Green obviously has been one of the most consistent relievers the last like five years, four years uh, consistently. Stupid. Zach Britton hasn't even pitched an inning yet, gotcha. and he's he's going to be back probably mid-June. So that'll just add another piece to the bullpen. Surprising, uh, surprising guy out of camp who's been really good is Lucas Litge. He hasn't pitched in a game uh, up until obviously this year since 2016. He's 31 years old and hasn't touched a major league mound in like four or five years. He's been a surprise. Um, Yankee fans, and I know obviously you guys don't really keep up with Yankees Twitter because, well, you guys are on White Sox Twitter. They were so mad that they traded Mike Talkman to the Giants. But what they don't. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Mike Talkman's great. I love Mike Talkman. I, I don't really think that uh, Mike Talkman shouldn't be on this roster. But the guy they traded him for has been one of the best left-handed relievers in baseball in Wandy Peralta. So, you know, can't really complain. But that's that. And the starting pitching, obviously, Cole has been dominant. He leads he leads the league in war, and that's because DeGrom has missed a couple starts. But <laughs> we're we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that. Um, you know, <laughs> he's been good. Kluber struggled early, um, but you could tell that that's because he had thrown a total of 19 innings in the last two years. He only threw one inning last year before he got hurt, had season-ending surgery. Uh, Jordan Montgomery last night. Jordan Montgomery is the one that has been a mixed bag. I told Steve before the game uh, that you're either gonna get six plus innings of 
you know, zero to three earned runs and he's going to be great, or you're going to get four innings and he's going to give up 10. Like that's just kind of how it's been with Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Domingo Herman uh, obviously was suspended all of last year because of domestic violence. And well, that was in 2019, but his, he finished his suspension last year in 2020. He's been really good. Um, you know, he, he had one of those stints where he got sent down to triple a because they had to work on some stuff and they weren't going to use a fifth starter anyway in that time period, because it was still early enough with the off days and they wanted to keep Cole on his schedule. But ever since he's been back up, I think he's given up one run in three starts since he's been really good. And the one that is most confusing because his peripherals say that he should be pitching a lot better than what he is. But if you break down and watch the start, you can see why he's struggling is Jamison Tyone. You guys will see him on Sunday. Um, Kick his ass on Sunday. He he is one of those where he's also another one where they're they're banking on the health. Like he hasn't been healthy in the past couple of years. He had you know he's he's had a long list of injuries. He's had two Tommy John surgeries. He had testicular cancer that he had to beat. Oh, and, you know all that all that stuff. Um, his fastball is great. His breaking ball isn't. And they try to put people away with two out or with two strikes with the breaking ball when they shouldn't. And it's all about two strike location with him. And he doesn't really like, you'll see it. He'll paint a fastball 95 on the black low and away first strike one and two. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, I'm going to leak this fastball back over the middle so you can crush it. He's the one where you're like, okay, you got big question marks on him. And they also have two guys waiting in the wings that are coming back. They paid Luis Severino big money. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He'll probably be back end of June, July. And then they also have top prospect David Garcia, who's still in AAA, which he's been absolutely dominating at AAA. Um, he threw five innings in his last start and struck out 11, I think is what it was, or nine, something like that. He's been really good. It, for the Yankees, it's going to be more, when is the offense going to wake up? That's the big thing is when is the offense going to wake up? Because if the pitching is going to continue to be like this, they're, they're on a, a train track to the ALCS because, you know, obviously they've been the best, they've been the best pitching team. They just can't hit. They don't score runs and it's confusing. I don't get it. DJ LeMay, he was a good player. He's not hitting the ball. Luke Voigt just came back from the IL because he had a knee issue in spring training. So you got to give him a little more time than like 12 games or whatever he's played. Aaron Judge is scorched earth right now. He's tearing the ball up. Urshel has been good. Gleyber Torres is starting to pick it up a little bit, but like the catching position is terrible. Left field, they're getting no production. Center field, they're getting no production. Um, it's just, it's painful to watch. And I think that's a kind of a thing across the league at this point is that offense is just down. You know, it's it. There isn't there isn't the, you know, bat to ball contact. We're going to move this runner. We're going to, you know, if you're going to score runs, it's going to be we're going to hit a single and then we're going to hit a home run. There's not going to be an inning where you get eight hits and string together runs and, and all that. Like, it's just not going to happen unless you're Tony Larusa, man. Tony Larusa is dependent on that this year. But I mean, he's, he's got, got a, a little small ball action going. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. An NL manager. Managing yep. in the AL is painful. So um, he's goofy for that. I'm, yeah. I'm just, so I'm just on the train of never bunt. So yeah, now, uh, okay. I say never, never bunt. bunt. I, I say never bunt, but that's false because like 
if it's the ninth inning, it's tied. You have a runner on second base with nobody out. Sure, you can bunt in that situation. But the people that are like, oh, why don't left-handed hitters bunt against the shift? Well, the reason they're doing that is because these left-handed hitters are hitting the ball 780 feet. Like, that's why. So do I really want my big masher? I'm trying to think. Like, let's say Jose Abreu was left-handed. Would you want him to bunt for singles rather than hit home runs? Never. Even better. Better. How about Yasmani Grandal, right? They got the shift on Yaz hardcore, right? Do you want Yaz bunting or do you want him actually taking taking big hacks, maybe trying to put one over the fence or even drawing a walk, right? Because a walk, at least you're getting on base. My thing with Yaz is if he bunts, he still might get thrown out because he's that slow. He's so Um, so slow. But, um, no, it's it, that that's the thing with I, I know a lot of people are saying that they should move the mound back and and stuff like that. They're talking about implementing shift rules. And, you know, obviously, I know they, they want the game to be more exciting rather than just walk home run strike out. I get it. But like the people from Tony LaRusse's era in the 70s, 80s, 90s, even even early 2000s. That game's gone because guess what? We have dudes that literally walk out of the bullpen and throw 99. Like mm-hmm. that's the average now. Okay. Not the average, but almost, I mean, th- I mean, honestly, like I bet I could pull up, I could pull up the average fastball velocity from bullpens. And I bet the lowest is probably the Cubs because they don't have anyone that throws hard other than Kimbrell. But, um, well, I lied. Rex brothers is throwing 97. Now Rex brothers, weird just great out of nowhere name, though yeah oh great name but <laughs> yeah i bet the i bet the average fastball velocity is 97 plus i i wouldn't be surprised by that um that that's why people are striking out like you have that and then watch some of the breaking balls these guys throw i mean you guys you guys see aaron bummer look at look at just just watch his stuff move it's great you know sinker sinker at 97 and then he has devastating cutter and slider like i mean that's just how the game is now. And, you know, it's not just as simple as, oh, just put the bat to the ball. Well, that, that's more. Unless you're Nick Madrigal. You well, yeah. DJ LeMahieu and Nick Madrigal are just. Tim Anderson. Ra- yeah, they're just rare at this point. But me, Mercedes. Um, you know, it just it kind of just comes down to. We got to get through the wave, I guess, is what we got to call it. And. Hitters will catch up at some point. That's just yeah. usually how it goes. There's always there's always one where the I, well, I mean, I won't get in on the get in on the Bud C League thing of you know his triumphant. I'm getting steroids out of the game when steroids saved the game for me. But you know whatever. Yeah, yep, yep. But yep. I mean, look look at it when you know McGuire and Sosa. You know the home run race in '98. Mm-hmm. You know that was a big thing. That's when offense was living because pitching wasn't that good. And then we had the, you know, the Pedro Martinez years and the Roger Clemens years where, you know, they were so dominant that no one was touching them. King Felix. Yeah, he's another one. And, you know, pitching is finally taking over the game. And I think we'll see it at some point where hitting is going to catch up. You know, not not everyone. It's it's May 22nd right now. We're what, 40 games in or something like that. You know, something, some, something like that. We're not going to, we're not going to see the MLB average probably sit at around 210 for the entire year. Like hitters are going to figure something out at some point. Pitchers are going to slow down because the workload's going to become more, more and more and more. So 
I don't know. Let's uh, maybe get into the game for today. Yeah, it's coming up in fucking 30 minutes. minutes. 20 minutes, first pitch. Garrett Cole gets to shove. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to it at all, by, to be honest with by you. Garrett Cole, did you mean Dylan Cease is going to shove? Yes. <laughs> who who would have thought um, that you would have Dylan Cease and Garrett Cole going up and you'd say that's a good pitching matchup like a year ago? Nobody would have been like. It's because Cats Garrett fixed him, Tom. Cats fixed him. Put it on the T-shirt, man. Put it on the T-shirt. It's true, though. Wind, wind up, wind up the, the sidewalks and, and bring through the parade on the Studs Turkle Bridge, as my guy Bill Walton would say. Um, yes. so <laughs> that was uh, that was literally one of the funniest broadcasts ever, though. Um, you ever catch the ever you ever see that one, Adam? Of Bill. I'd never watch Bill Walton. Bill Walton <laughs> did a White Sox broadcast in 2019. It was with uh, Benetti and it was holy. It was hilarious because he had no idea what he was doing or talking. He had never watched baseball before. There was like pop ups and he'd be like, oh, oh, (laughs) let's be honest. Bill Walton was probably off fucking LSD at that point. (laughs) He was. He must have been. If you ever watch if you ever watch Bill Walton during college basketball, like during his broadcast for college basketball on the West Coast. Yeah, you can tell that man's just zooted out of his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um. One thing I'll be interested to watch today with Dylan Cease is can he put the Yankee hitters away because the Yankees hitters are disciplined? And obviously that's the thing with, yeah, see, there it is right there. Bill Walton's always zooted out of his mind, man. That's why he's wearing the tie-dye shirt too. That's why he's wearing the tie-dye shirt. But the Yankees hitters are disciplined enough to take walks. And the, the book on Cease is what's his command going to be? You know, that's the big thing. I think when I was looking last night, I could be wrong. He had 50 Ks to, I think, 20, 20 walks or something like that, which isn't the worst. But at the same time, like the Yankee hitters don't usually expand the zone. So it'll be interesting to see. And that's going to be another thing with uh, the White Sox hitters facing Cole is, is Cole going to be able to get them to expand the zone? Cole's one of the best in the business. He's in, in my mind, he's the second best pitcher in the game. You can make your argument for Shane Bieber if you want. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Degrom's booty, but I guess. Degrom, Degrom is in his own. Degrom is in his own tier. Like he's, he's in god, his own yeah. tier gotta, at gotta, this gotta, point. Gotta. Like he's nuts. <laughs> um, but can the White Sox make enough contact? You know, to to maybe square one up. To if they're gonna win this game, it's probably gonna have to be two to one again three to one, three to two, something like that. It's going to be, it's going to be a low scoring game because I mean, it's Garrett Cole. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't give up a lot of runs. The thing is, is like, everyone's like, Oh, well, Garrett Cole's giving up the home run ball. Well, yeah, but they're solo home runs because no one else is on base because he's striking everyone else out. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, It'll be fun to watch. That's for sure. I, I want to see Cole against this lineup for sure, because, um, Tommy, this will make you happy. Your analytics will will uh, love it here. The White Sox have the best offense in baseball by analytics. So, yes, there you go. Obviously, um, they that's they why had I the best see. offense in baseball by the eye test too. So, uh, the Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers say hello, but you know, <laughs> they actually went on a really, really, really bad spell. They did. But, that's why the Giants are in first place still. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Your gi- as you said before, you think the Giants are going to pull it out? No. No. Just they wait till Cody Bellinger's back. 
that'll that'll help for sure. No, for sure. I mean, I don't get how the Giants are actually good, but you know, hey, sometimes doesn't make a damn lick of sense. But I'm loving it. Doesn't at all. Uh, I guess it's 2012 where Evan Longoria and Buster Posey are in their prime again. But you know, who knew? Who knew? But um, (laughs) no, it was like I saw that coming a mile away. (laughs) It'll be fun to watch the, you know, the best pitcher in the AL right now against the best offense in the AL right now for sure. Um, I don't know if there's certain things that you're you guys are going to be looking for from from Cease, but my thing is his command. Um, I don't it's really always know command, what else. Dude. It's always command with him. That's the only and, thing that matters. And the thing is, is like with Cease, the one thing the Yankee offense isn't doing, I know I went through it earlier. One thing the Yankee offense isn't doing is they're not hitting mistakes. And is that the thing that Cease does when he gets touched up is because his command isn't there and he's making mistakes. Walks. Yeah, I mean, walks are the big thing. He's limited the long ball in comparison to the last couple of years, which is nice. That's really big for him. What was that? He's only given up three home runs from what I know of. There you go. So only three bombs so far um, from what we – off the head. One of them One of them was Shohei Otani's absolute piss missile on opening night <laughs> – or on Sunday night. That was – That shit was nuts. That shit was absolutely nuts. He got – Fuck oh, Shohei that for that one. Fuck and that, that, one. that was my worry with Cease, too. It's like, is he going to be able to limit the long ball? And, I mean, you got a team in the Yankees that can hit the long ball. Absolutely. you got a lot of guys that get in and out of the park in a small park. So that's what I'm looking for. As long as he can make sure that he's not leaving pitches over the plate, then I'm not worried because his stuff is nasty, obviously, when he can pinpoint it. Um, and then looking into Sunday real quick, um, Jamison Tyone against who we got going, Tom? We have the one and only Kid Kaiki. Kid Kaiki. Award winner. So I, uh, I, I, I love the, I love the matchup to be honest with you. Um, I, I think Keiko, to be honest with you has not really, he, obviously he hasn't been to 2020 levels. I was not expecting 2020 levels in 2021. Um, he's, he's what we call a dick baller. Um, <laughs> but at the You're same right time, is, yeah. I, I, uh, I like Sunday's matchup. I think it's going to be very high score. I, I'm going to mash the over on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday is where the offense is going to be. Both offenses are like, all right, I'm sick and tired of getting shat on. Let's fucking rake. And then both of them are going to explode. That That's not going to happen from New York's standpoint. They never, never, never <laughs> hit Dallas Keuchel well. Um, the White Sox may put up 10 on Sunday. Dead ass. Like, I'm being dead ass. They might put up 10 because it, it depends on which Jamison Tyone comes out. Like, you know, is he going to be the one where he's going to look really good for five innings and be done? Or is he going to be out by the third inning? Cause he gives up four home runs. So like, I don't, I just don't know. Um, if, if you do like to wager jelly beans, like you um, said earlier, <laughs> um, I would definitely look at the over depending on what it is. If it's like seven and a half, eight go over um, because I just, as of right now, as of this second, I have no faith in Jameson Tyone. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully he comes out and just, you know, has a Jordan Montgomery night where he strikes out 12. I'll be good with that. But I'll be good with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be great with that. Need to get him on track. He's the he's the one big question mark in the Yankees rotation as of right now. But, you know, going forward, I just don't see how anyone challenges the White Sox in, in the Central. Like, I know that the the 
are they technically the baseball team now? The, no. Well, we we do not say the name on the podcast um, uh, as a point. But Cleveland. Yeah, the Cleveland Baseball Club. Yeah. Cleveland. Still Cleveland. <laughs> We're um, not But you know, obviously, want to be as, of our buildings. Want to be as PC as possible, but Cleveland. Um, yep, yep, I yep, yep, yep. I just don't see how that they're two and a half out or whatever to three and a half out or whatever it is. Well, I'll good. tell you this really quick. The, the last series that we lost, as long as we win today, you know, and then hope and we happen. know we're going to win on Sunday. Hey, stop that. Stop that. Um, we haven't lost a series since we lost a series to Cleveland in uh, at the end of uh, April, beginning of May. So this is a big deal for us if we actually pull out a, a dub today and see if we can get the rubber match on Sunday. It's interesting because the Yankees have won eight straight series as well. So something's got to give something's got to get that's yeah, why I exactly. fucking love sports, man. I fucking love. So anyway, continue yep. you um, your rant about the Cleveland baseball club. I just how bad. They are. I don't <laughs> see how they're good. Like they, they have guys. They have guys that I like, like their bullpen, the back end of their bullpen with Karen Chack and class a are really, really, really good. Um, Ooh, ask Shane White Sox Dewey. Twitter, how they feel about Karen check. Why? What happened with Karen check? Finger in his gloves. What everybody else is doing? Yep. Pine tar rubbing, whatever. Get the fuck over it. Yep. Oh, exactly. you mean like you mean like Rodon yesterday? Every time he went inside <laughs> uh, of his glove, I don't care. It is what it is. Exactly. Like Liam Hendricks every time he's on the mound too. Exactly. It you can look. Fucking matter. You can look if a pitcher goes to his glove, like the inside of his glove. Very often, he has pine tar there. the The top of the cap. Yep. Like the top bill of the, of the hat. Like stuff like that. I just don't care. These guys are throwing 100 miles an hour, and I want them to be able to control it. So, yep. I mean, look at – did you guys see a picture of Kevin Pillar after he got hit in the face? He looked like yeah, a totally not, different human being. Yeah, it was like, good. he got hit right in the face, and it was terrible. And Harper got drilled, too, in the face, and he survived, thank goodness. Yeah. So, can't mess up that pretty face. For Good word. You like your pretty face? Hot face, Tommy. All right. On, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Quick predictions. Keep it short. Don't need any reasoning. Adam, where do you see both of these ball clubs come September 27th? When is September? Is that like the end of the regular season or or no? Yes. Yeah. They're both in first place. The White Sox are probably the number one team in the AL. They'll probably Ooh. have home field advantage. Uh, this is obviously no injury stuff like that and, and the white Sox have are, yeah, obviously <laughs> they already have been dealing with it you know robert being out i can't pronounce his name correctly so i call him robert robert, robert. yeah that um and then and then eloy being lost probably for the year i know they said that there's an outside shot that he comes back i doubt it but you know you never know um they'll probably be the best team in the al and i mean again all health considered New York will be, you know, the number two seed when tops at the AL East. I think that these two teams legit are on a collision course for the ALCS. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that because I couldn't agree more. And I, but I will say this, I, I will say, fuck it. We're the best team in the American league. So you can get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> Thanks Tim Anderson. <laughs> you've, been, you've been so cordial this whole time. So I had to, you know, jump in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just told us right there, Tom, that yeah, he's he like, that the I, Sox no, can be a top that. with with home field advantage. There have been several times that I feel like I'm like arguing with Adam, and he's like, "No, we're we're not arguing." Like, <laughs> we're on the same page, my guy. <laughs> well, Tom, I'm gonna wrap this thing up by yeah. 
by by just quoting one of my favorite, if not my favorite, baseball movie of all time in Major League. Yes. There's one thing left to do. Win the whole fucking thing. Let's go, baby. All right. Peace. Adam, final thoughts? It was a blast, gentlemen. Um, if you guys ever want to just, you know, hit me up randomly to talk baseball. I'm no, down. this is fun like, as hell. They, like, it doesn't it doesn't have to be just, you know, because the Yankees or you guys are in town with New York or we're in town with, you know, anything like that. I'll talk about whatever. I don't care. I have no life when it comes to this. I pay attention <laughs> to all baseball. So, you know, it's all good. I'll That's have everything. But no, seriously, uh, both of you it was a blast. Um, my uh, my brother has a bone to pick with you, by the way. Forgot Ooh. to tell you. Um, he asked me. He pit. asked me what I was doing for the game today. A uh, little fun story. And I was like, "Oh, I'm going to Steve's first. We're going to record his podcast." And he goes, "Oh, so he wants the lesser of the Westendorf podcast <laughs> uh, uh, duo because uh, here, here's a little shameless plug. I know you guys are in Chicago, so big, big Bears fans, stuff like that. But if there happens to be a Packers fan listening to this podcast." Interesting. Um, Interesting. You should say that. It's uh, you guys should go and check out the work of Game on Wisconsin. Uh, that is the website that my brother runs. And actually, just yesterday, they are considered a licensed business now. Wow. So that's big news. So yeah, um, go check out their work. Um, they're really, 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 really good. Um, all things, all things Wisconsin that you want, all things Packers that you want. So a little shameless plug, but. Again, gentlemen, really appreciate the the invite. Thanks for thinking of me. And uh, hopefully I'll be back on soon. Most definitely. Hopefully maybe for, a, you know, August series or even better yet, maybe an ALCS preview. Ooh, um, but that being fun. said, one of our biggest fun. listeners, uh, biggest supporters, I would say, actually, Unprotected Socks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Adam's yeah. laughing at the, yeah. the name. <laughs> the name is too good. The name is too good. Um, is a big Packers fan. So, hey. Shouts to him, and uh, maybe he can go check out Game on Wisconsin. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the. That being said, in Han we trust. Spend the money we must. Hey. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Damn, that was fun. <laughs>